We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Of course, it is Wednesday, November 18th, 2015. I'm DJ Trainer, joined as always on Wednesdays by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. You can find myself at TrainerDJ. And you can... Yeah, go for it, Josh. I'm saying you can also find DJ in Wisconsin in the home offense, holding it down for the Rotowire family. Yeah, you can find me in the Rotowire office. Don't come find me because um, yeah. you know the security will be unlocked. But <laughs> sure. I, uh, just know that I'm there taking care of the NBA right. basketball world. This podcast can be or can be found on iTunes and Stitcher, as I'm sure you're already aware of. Feel free to leave a nice review on those venues. You can also find it on rotowire.com. There's a nice podcast section up in the upper right-hand corner. Josh, let's just start it like we should start it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin McHale out in Houston. Now we're starting to get at the point of the season. We're an eighth of the way through. We're looking at some teams that have surprised us in bad ways and good ways. And the Houston Rockets were on the top of everyone's list in the bad surprise. And so are you um, taken off guard that it meant McHale was going to be fired so soon though? Yes, I think it's a little hasty. I'm trying to figure out what Daryl Morey is uh, doing here. I think what the, the real story here is we don't actually know the backstory behind this. And if, but if you know anything about the NBA versus any other sports, the players have more run of the ship than any other sport. Because if you know James Harden wants to stink it up and shoot thirty percent, and Dwight Howard wants to play half the games and you know not be effective when he is playing, and you know they lose seven out of eleven. Somebody has to, you know, be responsible for that. If you don't have the backing of your GM uh, in in this spot, then Kevin McHale is is the fall guy. Now, so so 
basically if 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 James Harden or Dwight Howard or one of the two or both go to, go to Daryl Moore and say, "Listen, Mikhail's got to go, man. You know, he's, this this isn't this isn't working out for us. Uh, the, what choice do they have? They're in long term deals. They're not going anywhere. I don't think anybody actually wants to take Dwight Howard's contract. Besides a team that's you know a non playoff team in the bottom ten would just want to gamble for you know the pure upside of having a, a quote unquote star player, even though I think he is a star anymore uh, on their team. So you know who's running the team? It's not Kevin McHale. It hasn't been Kevin McHale. It's just, you know, Kevin McHale as long as his stars play well. And that's pretty much the case for almost every coach with, like, very few exceptions. Like, Pop's an exception. Phil Jackson, when he was coaching, was an exception. Um, yeah, I think Brad Stevens is probably an exception because he does whatever the heck he wants with his minutes. You, you might give you 22, and the next minute, he, next game, he might give you two. So, um, yeah, that's basically sort of the world we're in the NBA. So I, I have a feeling that his superstars were not happy with the way they were being spoken to or some of the rotations or some of the decisions that were made. And, you know, because I, I, I have to believe that Daryl Morey, well, I, I want to believe anyway that he's a little more even-handed than, you know, the, the first 11 games of the season saying we, we've got to jump ship. Something else behind the, behind the scenes had to have happened to force this. Right, and so you're seeing the play on the court has been uninspiring, not just bad. You know, it's one thing to be bad if you're, the team chemistry isn't there, you're shooting poorly, but the effort just wasn't there for the Rockets. And so that obviously points to coaching issues. Daryl Morey, of course, is just going to take care of it right away. Excuse me. And, and and not worry about it for the rest of the season. And so you don't really have time to catch your breath in the Western Conference. He wasn't going to let it linger, and, and he just, you know, he got rid of McHale. And so it took a lot of us by surprise. But, I mean, let's – I mean, I just don't know if, – if you look at DeMarcus Cousins and if George Carl was out the door tomorrow, yeah. nobody would be that surprised. Dwight Howard certainly has a very poor record track record in terms of coaches, um, just kind of like an onslaught of coaches that he leaves behind. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I just didn't really think that they were clamoring for McHale to go out the door. Obviously, that must have been the you know the behind the scenes issues, but it, it certainly took me by surprise. But Josh, let's focus on the fantasy value of the Houston Rockets on the whole. Obviously, James Harden was likely taken in the first five round or first five picks of every single draft out there. Ty Lawson has been a dud thus far. Dwight Howard can't seem to stay on the court. Trevor Ariza has pretty much been the Trevor Ariza that he's always been. But do you see an uptick in production for these guys? Do you see maybe someone off the bench who's now going to get more minutes? Um, what do you see playing out in the fantasy world here? I see James Harden as a buy low. I know that he's not going to shoot like this bad all season long. And this is part of the problem, too. James Harden takes 25 freaking shots a game or, or whatever the, the rate is. Okay, he bricks it up like it's a storm and... All of a sudden, this is Kevin McHale's fault. This is why I have to believe there's something else going behind because you know this is their production is directly tied to whether or not James Harden is playing well. When you have James Harden and he's a guy who doesn't, you know, he distributes the ball, but not enough for anybody else to really be involved at like a 20 point per game level like Clay Thompson is in Golden State or any other, you know players for that matter on that roster and you know Ty Lawson isn't being used in the traditional sense because James Harden is such a ball hog which is what we saw with Rajon Rondo in Dallas and Monte Ellis and and Dirk um, not letting uh, Rajon run the offense or not letting Kevin McHale not letting Ty Lawson um, you know set up his his teammates which I think would be a better thing because Ty Lawson wants to be at a 10 assist guy per game he can get James Harden better shots than James Harden can get in ISO that's just a plain fact but you know they're not that that hasn't been happening so I guess sort of that is um, you know on Kevin McHale as well but yeah, I'm still buying low on James Harden. You know that he's a monster. He's still, to me, a, you know, a top five, top six, seven player at the at the most, and he's not ranked that way and not performed that way. So if you can find a way to to jump on that bag wagon, I'm on there. Not very excited about Ty Lawson. Won't be surprised if they actually start Patrick Beverly over him because they're sort of searching for answers right now, and a lot of coaches like to unplug pieces in and out of the lineup. Never want to touch Dwight Howard because of the injury and you know the way he's just been you know playing like like he doesn't really care if he you know, is on the court from game to game, you know, I'll take this day off. And then he's, she's treating it like they've already made the playoffs and they've got like, they've locked up a, uh, 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 you know, uh, a home, home um, court seat sure. or something like that, you know? So very lackadaisical. I never really thought that he was a hard worker in the first place. I think he was just all riding on talent and his athleticism. And so that's sort of catching up to him. And, you know, 
so there you have it. I think the only X factor you could probably talk about is whether or not Terrence Jones plays himself into relevancy. And that if you know Terrence Jones from the last few seasons, Terrence Jones will blow up in for, for 23 and 7 and then have, you know, 3 and 7 the next game. Sure. So, um, yeah, I really don't think you can really do too much with this roster fantasy wise other than try to acquire James Harden if you can make a deal work. Terrence Jones was spotted today, that being Wednesday, of course, with bandages on his left hand. And they canceled morning shoot-around because of the the firing. And so maybe that injury is go- flying under the radar, something to keep your eyes on. The most interesting thing is that the Houston Rockets play today. So they play the Blazers today. Um, J.B. Bickerstaff will take over as the interim coach for the Rockets. If, as Josh suggests, uh, that maybe he would consider moving Patrick Beverly into the starting lineup and Ty, Ty Lawson to the bench, well, um, that could happen, but it won't happen for a little while now because Beverly was he was able to shed his walking boot on Monday, but there remains no timetable for his return to the court. So that certainly remains an option in the future, but as for now, it's going to be lots of Lawson and Ty Harden um, or Ty, Law, Ty, oh my gosh, lots of Lawson and Harden in in the back heart for Houston. Josh, let's go ahead and talk about yesterday's games being Tuesday, and we'll just go in chronological order here. If you're at home listening to us, feel free to follow along. We'll start with the Bucks and the Wizards. Nothing to see here for the Milwaukee Bucks. Josh, you've talked about it. There's not a lot of not a lot of players that really get you going here. And the box score from last night certainly suggests more of the same. They lose 115 to 86. This one was never really a contest um, since Washington outscored Milwaukee 37 to 17 in the second quarter. Leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks was. Chris Middleton with only 14 points. Guys like Giannis struggled with 9, 7, uh, 9, 5, and 7, which is an okay stat line, but for Giannis, you're expecting a little bit more. Greg Monroe, only 4 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists, arguably his worst performance of the season. We're seeing Jared Bayless and Michael Carter-Williams start together. Uh, do you see that lasting for much longer when Jabari Parker comes back? I don't because you know they've they're heavily invested Jabari Parker as a number two overall pick, but they've got to get him right and they've got to get him healthy. So it seems like they may have rushed things just a little bit, or for whatever reason he's had a setback. So like him for the short term, he's probably the best pure scorer on the team. Jared Bayless, I believe, you know, um, as a as a deep shooter, uh, and he's you know basically a two in a point guard's body. So it makes sense that Michael Carter Williams is on the court with him because Carter Williams can guard twos and Jared Bayless can guard ones on D. But yeah, just a collective toilet flush in this game, especially. Especially for you know uh, Giannis owners and Greg Monroe owners, somebody also needs to explain to me why Jason Kidd is playing Johnny O'Brien twenty four minutes when he puts up a O for one with five rebounds and and two turnovers. Tell me how that somehow is better than John Henson playing sixteen minutes, going three for three with six rebounds and a block shot. He's the best shot blocker. He's probably the best rebounder on the team. In every sense of the matter, um, John Henson is a player that should be starting or getting at least more minutes over Johnny O'Brien. So I don't understand it. I and I, I'm he's sort of like in Brad Stevens territory with you know it's just like not understanding these rotations and what J uh, uh, you know Jason Williams. I'm sorry, Jason Kidd or. Brad Stevens are doing with a lot of these guys in their minutes. And let, yeah, let me step in here. And the Bucks are a team that kind of struggles with offense. We were hoping that Chris Middleton would mature into that role where he's just the guy you go to, and he is he is there. You know, when there's one second left on the clock, you go to Chris Middleton. We've seen that many times in the past, but he's not putting up just the raw points like we thought maybe we, he could or he should. Greg Monroe has done a little bit of that. Um, but Johnny O'Brien does have a nice stroke, like from the elbow. He does have a nice mid-range jumper, and um, that's something that Henson doesn't really give you. And so if you throw Henson out there, you've got a bunch of maybe defensive-minded guys like Carter Williams and, and Giannis. And so maybe there's just too much defense going on. You need to throw in some offense. What do you think about that, Josh? I mean, obviously it's not ideal. They're still they're 5-6, and six and they should be better than they are. But they just have a lot of defensive-minded players on their team who can't necessarily create their own shot. Well, it's not working for these defensive-minded players in this rotation right now. I mean, you got the Washington Wizards, who pretty much are a team that average a hundred point under a hundred points per game, uh, you know, for the, the majority of the season, last season, and they put up one fifteen on you. So, whatever defensive set that you had there, it didn't work. Um, and you know, Greg Monroe is a guy to me. I've never thought as a great defensive player who needs more, who will, will win by giving you more offense than he does by getting beat on defense. That's the way I've always saw him. And so I, I always thought that you know you can create um, 
offense by playing good defense too. And John Henson is your best defender. So put him on the floor. I've, I've been screaming about this ever since he came out of college. And so, you know, yeah, sure. Johnny O'Brien's on the floor, but you really honestly think that Johnny O'Brien's going to get like a, a good amount of shots or shots that matter. If, you know, Greg Monroe, Chris Milton, Tentacumpo and Bayless are on the floor together. Probably not. If you want him to get some offense, play him in the Kyle O'Quinn role or whatever, you know, give him 16 to 18 minutes off the bench and then call some plays for him and run some touches. He was 0 for 1. He's a non-factor and he's not a better rebounder. So I still don't, I'm still struggling to figure out what you want out of Johnny O'Brien with um, th- these kind of minutes, you know. And the other thing that you have too, Greg Monroe and Attentacupo, fine, you want to do that, uh, you know, against Washington, uh, who's, you know, you've got Cortana and Humphrey who are like a, a nice size big line, but not the biggest front line in the world. But if you're going to do that, you better expect to play at a, at a, at a pretty good pace. And apparently they didn't play at a good enough pace if they only scored uh, 85 points in the shot, you know. And so and they, you know, they, they bombed away pretty decently, 10 of 21 from, from three. But I just really am not happy with this rotation overall. I don't think it's optimal. I think you can, you, you can do different things. And, you know, it's, to me it starts with John Henson getting more, getting more minutes so you can sort of define the roles uh, that are in this offense because Greg Monroe at center is just—it's not a good idea. You got to stop uh, right now. You, you're, this team is better off figuring out how you can play Greg Monroe at the five, and then it might actually—you know—this might sound a little bit weird, but like you mean Chris at the Mil- four, Josh? Yeah, I'm sorry, at the four. Greg um, John Henson at the five, and then figure out what you're going to do with like Chris Milton. Maybe move him over the two, and you know, attend to Cupo at the three, or have Chris Milton come off the bench and be the, the, a, a scorer who's paired with Jared Bayless. If you're going to start Jabari Parker, which I th- think they're just going to be forced to do because of his draft status. So whatever this con- this men's rotation is not working. They're five and eight, and they were a playoff team last season. So or is it five and six? Sorry, five and six. Yeah, they're I, five and six. And so you know, Josh, we can keep clamoring about it, but we just haven't seen Henson get the minutes like we've all wanted him to. He's a great per 36 guy, and if you play in a league like that, good on you. But we haven't really even seen Greg Monroe and Henson even play for one minute together on the court. And so ideally it would be fantastic to see that happen, but we have to live realistically here, and we have to assume that Henson is going to be confined to limited minutes, whereas Johnny O'Brien is the man whether we like it or not. The Bucks will suffer if, you know, suffer accordingly I guess you can say until Jabari Parker gets back into the lineup we won't really know what kid has in mind although like I said it doesn't often include Henson and Monroe on the court at the same time anything you want to touch on on this Wizards side of the ball here nothing really to see here either John Wall goes for 19 and 9 uh, and 6 rebounds otherwise Gortat comes in with 12, 12 points 9 rebounds that's pretty typical for him how about Otto Porter Otto Porter is a guy that a lot of people had as maybe their breakout candidate he's a starting small forward I wasn't necessarily so high on him he did score 19 points three steals in one block I think he'll be better at the end of the season but as for now like I, I really didn't invest much at, in him at all yeah you know I like Otto Porter um I don't like his defense he's actually been uh ranked um I think in the bottom of the league in uh DVP to small forwards for those of you uh, DFS players out there so basically that means that you know a lot of teams that the opposing uh, uh, you know small forward are going to score points against Otto Porter which wasn't supposed to be his MO coming out of college but having said that I think he has a role especially right now that he you can try to take advantage of while Bradley Beal's out of the lineup so I like him for the short term I think he's just a you know an okay like above average maybe cracks the top 100 you know with Bradley Beal in the lineup and, and, and a full uh, staff what actually is a little bit more interesting to me um, is Chris Humphreys, Humphreys as a stretch four Believe it, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this, but he's actually dropping some trays uh, here. Shooting uh, one of two last night. One of two last night, shooting, I think, 46% from three. So his offense game to me has always been a little bit underrated. And for whatever reason, people have just treated him as a – uh, you know, a glass cleaner, uh, uh, you know, a garbage guy, just, you know, get the rebounds and, and kick it out to the, the point guard. And he's done that like fairly effectively. But to me, a sneaky little underrated offensive game. So if you're looking to, to chip in with some some extra threes here and there, you're, you're not going to get, a, you know, a ton of great offensive games. Although he did score 23 points against Orlando, that's clearly an outlier. So just wanted to quickly mention that, you know, for people who are looking to get every little extra three-pointer into their lineup and could use some rebounding, he could be your guy. 
right? Otto Porter has seen at least 24 minutes in every single one of his nine outings this season. And as we will continue to say all season long, minutes is the most important stat in fantasy uh, time play. It doesn't matter which sport you're talking about. You have to be on the court, on the field to to rack up production. And so Porter certainly is in that in, certainly is in that position one way or the other. Let's keep it moving as the Brooklyn Nets get their first or second win of the season, their first home win, 90 to 88 over the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks moved to an 8 and 5 record. In terms of fantasy, we had of course Jeff Teague is out and so we had Tiago Splitter move into the starting lineup. Dennis Schroeder also move into the starting lineup. And um, I was expecting more out of Schroeder. I know he was a massive DFS play last night, yep. given his given his play and his ability to produce in the past. He comes away with eight points and ten assists, three turnovers, no steals, no blocks, uh, just one three pointer. Little disappointing from him. Does that suggest maybe he's not he's he's not all that cracked up? Uh, all that he's cracked up to be, um, where he could be a starter or start alongside Teague or get traded and, and start, or, or are we putting too much into this one performance against a lowly Nets team? No, I still like Shooter a lot. I I think actually they should trade Jeff Teague personally, and I, I know that sounds like blasphemy to some people because Jeff Teague has been so good and they were the number one seed in the East uh, last year. So all fair and fine, but you know there's a, there's a way to upgrade this team, uh, you know, in terms of like a a uh, a, a legitimate six man, which they to me they don't have uh, for once. I mean, uh, Jenna Shooter is the six man, and th- and that's great. But you can actually, I think you can take T and and do something to upgrade your offense. Maybe you would be better off with Kyle Korver bombing away on the uh, off the bench and get a like a a better quality two or three um, that can guard, you know, like a, a, a two-way player. So uh, there's a there's a trade available out there. People would be clamoring to get Chef Teague and w- w- would probably pay uh, a pretty penny in order to do so. So I don't think it's actually going to happen, but the b- bottom line is I think Schroeder is great. I would play him again in DFS today if, if uh, Teague sits out again. So, uh, you know, disappointing performance, but uh, I'm high on him overall. All right, fair enough. Um, Tiago Splitter moved into the starting lineup, of course, too. He only played 12 minutes, so he basically stayed in that same bench role. I really don't see anything coming out of, of Splitter this season at all. Looking at this net squad, everyone loves to clown on them. We love to make fun of them, but they're really putting out a lot of guys out there with viable production. We're looking at Thad Young, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 5 steals in 33 minutes. Joe Johnson, 13 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists. That's right, I said 9 assists. Brooke Lopez, win healthy. He is a very good center. He's somebody, like you said with Chris Humphreys, that gets overlooked continually maybe because of injury issues more so with Lopez than Humphreys but 24 points 10 10 rebounds and assists a steal three blocks I mean that's upper echelon center production right there yeah it is and the only thing you do want to see is him continue to do the things that he's never been known for which is sounds weird but he's actually got um, a number of double doubles this season and is blocking shots at a great clip so I don't know who took the old Brooke Lopez and exchanged him for the Robocop cyborg version of this Brooke Lopez but this is everything that we people hoped that he would get when he was you know averaging six rebounds per game with 30 plus minutes in in seasons past so he's the reason why Brooklyn has um, d- basically done anything in this lineup and then you know the record isn't great they're two and nine uh, but him and uh, uh, Thad Young have been the two guys who have been consistent in holding it down overall. I like, uh, I still like Jared Jack. I think Jared Jack, to me, is in the mix to be the best player on this team, uh, maybe aside from Brook Lopez. Uh, so you know, and he's sort of gotten off to like a just quiet start overall. Uh, and so, if you need some point guard help, I think right now you can get Jared Jack at an affordable value before he starts putting up the twenty plus points per game with you know the six, seven, eight assists and you know the chip and steals that he's capable of. So, I want to get your take quick here on Rondé Hollis Jefferson, uh, the first round draft pick from the Blazers that got traded over to Brooklyn. Your thoughts on, on this guy? Initial take through you know what what eleven games in the season. I've got no take on him. He's not that good so far. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a specialist, of course, he's averaging. Um, he's got some nice counting stats. So while he's not even averaging four points, he has five and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, one point two steals, and half a block. So obviously, obviously, that's nice. It's not something. Um, he's never scored more than ten points so far in in any of his eleven games this season. He's played up to thirty two minutes a game, and we're just not seeing him even really attempt that many shots. He hasn't. 
attempted more than seven shots in the game. So I'm not sure whether it's confidence or whether it's playing alongside guys like Joe Johnson who love to jack up the ball. Um, I don't know. Like if I'm in a deeper league, I would love to take him because of those steals, those blocks, and you know those nice those nice marks for rebounds and assists. But I. He's just, you know, he's just one in a million to me. He's he's a guy that starts, but I'm not really going to utilize. Um, uh, classic case of just because he starts doesn't mean that he necessarily is viable um, in standard 12, 14 team leagues. So he's like Aaliyah, basically. He's one in a million. Is that what you're trying to say? That was what I was alluding to. Yes, <laughs> that's what I thought. I was looking for the R and B angle that we were coming in oh, here, and then okay, boom, I can't really is. help you out much with that, though. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you just did. What are you talking about? All right. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about Jared Jack. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, he's somebody that I do have a lot of shares in. Me too. Almost 15 points, almost four and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, 0.7 steals. He's 32 years old, but that's all right. Um, back when he play, I mean, when he gets the minutes, he's he's going to put up assists. And the hardest thing to find on the waiver wire is assists. And he was a guy I was gobbling up in later rounds of draft just because mm-hmm. he's been around the league but really hasn't done much. In fact, he's actually almost at a career high in points. He currently is at a career high in assists. He's never done more than 6.3 in a season before. So um, minutes, like I said, is the most important stat in fantasy. Right now he's averaging a flat 33 minutes per game. Do I think that's going to hold up all season long? No, but I'll be right there to take all the production I can get from him as an aging point guard that has basically the keys to the car in Brooklyn. Yes, and he's driving it. So definitely buy low on, on Jarek Jack right now because none of those numbers are blowing anybody away, and Brooklyn stinks right now. So people think that, like, for fantasy purposes, there's most of the team stinks. But Brook Lopez Not the case is, at all. Yeah, Brook Lopez is balling. Thad Young is actually playing better than I expected, and Jarek Jack is legit. Uh, and to me, like I said, has a chance to be the best player on this team, which sounds like you know crazy talk because Brook Lopez is there and everybody knows that he's the focal point of the offense. But, you know, they, they sort of help each other opportunity-wise. If Brook Lopez scores a ton, then you're going to see the, the assist numbers look great. And then you can't just, you know, um, focus on Jack on the outside or double Brook Lopez on the inside because both of those guys are playing at a high level and playing off of each other. Three of five from three for Jared Jack, too. Complete player like him. Young Johnson Lopez Jack. Not a good NBA team, but if you're looking at fantasy, go ahead and try him out. They've been winning me some money on DraftKings. And so uh, give it a shot. Detroit Pistons take down the Cleveland Cavaliers 104 to 99. Pistons move to 6 and 5 with a 3 and 1 home record. The Cavaliers pick up only their third loss of the season. They're 3 and 3 away, 8 and 3 overall. The Cavaliers will play the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow, who they lost to in double overtime this past Saturday, I believe. I was actually at that game. I should know it's Saturday. LeBron James does LeBron James things. 30 points. 19 for Kevin Love. Everyone in the starting five got into double digits for the Cavaliers, so that means J.R. Smith, Mo Williams, and Timofey Mozgov as well. Although it's a typical box score there for the Cavaliers, but if you're looking at the Detroit Pistons, once again we're seeing this starting five of Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, Ursan Ilyasova, Marcus Morris see lots and lots of minutes, and they're all scoring like crazy, putting up lots of productions. Uh, Reggie Jackson comes in with 12 assists. But, Josh, this is something we've talked about in the future or in the past, and I guess we'll continue to talk about it in the future like I was getting at. There's no way that these five guys can play this many minutes and stay healthy throughout the rest of the season. I'm buying in on all five of these guys right now, but I'm a little scared of, of, of the future for them. Yeah, you know what? I just don't well, – when you see a team like this that performs at this level, you know it's not um, you know, going to be something that they can actually sustain on a consistent level there. I do like Detroit. I've always liked Reggie Jackson. So Reggie Jackson is a, is a player that I've, I targeted in a number of leagues, so I own some shares. But you know, and if we're being real and honest with, these, with, with ourselves, you're not going to get 20, 20, and 20 out of Jackson, you know, Drummond, and Ilya Silva on a consistent basis. I don't even – you know, Ilya Silva is the guy that I've ticket, uh, ticketed more than anybody else to be the first one out of the starting lineup when it's all said and done. You know, And I know that uh, Stan Van Gunny loves a stretch forward like he loves a buffet. You know, it's just like Whoa. so good to him. You, you remember has he you, ever done to you? Well, I'm just no, I'm just trying to like you know hit hit the hit the point home. You remember he was the guy who brought Ryan Anderson into relevance over there That's in Orlando. True. So, Comeback Player of the Year. 
Yep, he did. And Ryan Anderson, Ryan Anderson to me could have easily been to uh, this. This sounds a little bit weird, but to me, there's really not much difference between him and Steve Novak. To be, if we're being honest, oh, that's okay. a that's a really interesting comparison, considering that Steve Novak has been non-existent over the last four years. Yeah, he is, and you know what it is? It's just sort of like it all comes down to like whose team you're on, what roster you play on, and whether or not the coach you know trusts you enough to find minutes. And Stan Van Gundy clearly prefers the stretch four in every capacity, everywhere he's been. Ryan Anderson now, our son Ilasova goes out and specifically trades for him, which is like. The Bucks are like, yes. Are you are you kidding? Is it, wait a minute. Can we press? We press accept, right? We're good, right? You know, it's like, did the league office process this trade? Oh my god! That, well, thank you, thank you so much. Well, you know, you've got a, well, the Bucks are notorious for giving guys massive contracts for only playing half a season, um, namely Larry Sanders, Ersan Ilyasova, John Hansen, John Hansen, exactly, John Hansen, and so, John Hansen, yeah. So um, yeah, let's pay that guy a ton of money so we can play him 16 minutes. Don't tell me I'm. Can you tell I'm bitter at all about this? We went from a happy place to a very dark place. And no, we're gonna we're gonna keep it positive. We're not gonna have any of those dark dark podcasts anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Pistons pleasant surprise. I, I'd love to see them make the playoffs in the East, shake things up. I love the Palace um, when games really matter. Um, Detroit basketball, let's go, baby. <laughs> Detroit basketball, you gotta love Rasheed Walls wearing the championship belt. You know, I yeah. was like, I always wanted to do that for myself, in my own league. It's just like, you know, instead of the, uh, the, the league trophy, we'd somebody walks in with a championship strap on their shoulder into the next draft. You know what I mean? Doesn't that, wouldn't that be badass? I think so. That's, that's the way I, I would approach it. Um, yeah. So I th- we're good with this game, right? We're I mean, good. Nothing- we're good. We're going to move on if that's cool okay. with you. Yeah. Um, because I have something that I know we're going to talk about for a few minutes here. Um, but quickly, the game I am referring to Minnesota Timberwolves knock off the Miami Heat 103 to 91. Timberwolves five and six. They're five and one away, meaning that they're one and five at home. Get that. Yep. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Right. The Heat are five and two at home. Now, the starting five for the Timberwolves remains Ricky Rubio, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, Tayshaun Prince, Kevin Garnett. But mm-hmm. if I'm looking at the box score from this game, okay, yeah. I'm looking at Tayshaun Prince, zero points. I'm looking yeah. at Kevin Garnett, four points. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and look at the bench, and I'm going to see that Mr. Shabazz Muhammad, who could take over for Tayshaun Prince, had 16 points. And mm-hmm. then I'm looking at, uh, you know, Zach Levine had 17 points, who they could basically force Kevin Garnett out, move Towns down to center or what have you, move or rather Wiggins down to small forward, bring in Levine, play him at shooting guard. I don't know. I'm just seeing a clear starting five here, but it's not the starting five that's actually official in the box score. Yeah, I actually have a different version of that starting but I'm fine with Shabazz Muhammad off the bench because he has shown in the starting lineup and off the bench that he can be effective in both spots, and he's right now looks like their best bench scorer. Okay, and, uh, and that's with apologies to Zach Levine because I don't want to call Zach Levine a bench guy t- because to me he's not. He's just better than Ricky Rubio, and I don't. I know that people don't feel like he's a point guard and he's actually more of a two. I I want to see him play minutes, you know, and he played and he got good minutes. He got twenty eight minutes. He got actually more minutes than Ricky Rubio, so that's a good start, you know. But when Ever the Minnesota Timberwolves want to decide that they no longer want to give big minutes to the worst shooting point guard over the past four years in Ricky Rubio, you let me know. Okay? You're Not preaching just, to the choir here. Yeah, the ex- ex- exactly. What, 30-something percent, 36, 38% over the – we're not talking about last season or last two seasons or this month. The last four years, this guy can't stay healthy and he can't shoot the rock. Put Zach Levine in. Zach Levine, you know, and people look, like love to point out that Zach Levine is a turnover monster and, you know, not a natural point guard. How about a little plus 23 for Zach Levine? Best plus minus on the board for today. So eat some of that, you Zach Levine haters. Right now, this guy is a monster and he just needs to be unleashed. So I hope if the, the, the Minnesota doesn't figure it out, he gets traded or leaves somewhere in free agency because that would be what they deserve. Ricky Rubio has never shot better than 38% through. At any point during his career. And I'm looking at his other averages. We're hovering right around 35, 36%. And so when you're talking about on defense, um, if you're running the pick and roll, of course you're going to have the point guard stay under that pick and roll because if Rubio's alone beyond the three point line, it doesn't matter. And so that way, it's, the pick and roll just isn't as effective. However, they're still finding ways to make it work. There's lots of Ricky Rubio apologists out there who will find every bit of evidence that says that he is one of not only 
league should start, but that he's still one of the better point guards in the league. Me and Josh certainly aren't buying it. We are way on top of the Zach Levine bandwagon. Although, you know, yes. Nemanja Bialica, Adrian Payne, Gorgie Dang, Kevin Martin, these are all guys that have started in the past and they may start again. And so this is still going to be somewhat fluid. The only guy that's really locked in, of course, we have Towns, Wiggins, is Garnett. It's like, it's like, come on, let's just bring him off the bench. Or can we just make him, make him an interim coach already? Um, it yeah. sounds like he's going to be a part-time owner eventually. Can we just get that process moving? So, I mean, Gorgie Dang has really kind of tapered off. He's plateaued since a solid season last year and relief off the bench. Um, but I'd rather throw him out there instead of Garnett. And so while Garnett has had an amazing career, he just seems like an impediment right now in terms of stopping this young team. And, of course, Tayshaun Prince as well. They, they combined for 28 minutes, but that's about 27 and a half minutes too long for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, I think there's actually a pretty good role for him, like on the dance team or as a mascot. You know, mm-hmm. announcing games, even you know, just you don't need to be like you're. You're right. I'm being a little bit harsh and uh, about Kevin Garnett, but in all honesty, like he, just coach already. You know, you, 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 I'm okay. We would with, all love you as a coach. Like we, we were like we will support you. You'd be fun to watch. I, I'll put him right over Jason Kidd right away. I'd love to see him as a coach. Yeah, uh, I, I think he would be good. You know, and I think there would be a lot of like. Uh, you know, interesting confrontations with the refs, and I'd love to hear what he has to say. Like, but mic'd up on ESPN on Wednesdays. Yes, sir. You know, so it, it'd be very interesting too. And you know what you can do? Like, if there were ever like a stretch four that made sense in a in a specific lineup, I think you could put you could put Baz there. I know Baz is a little bit is a little bit small, but he plays he plays pretty big. And you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that uh, like super score outfit and just see what they do you know see if they can if they can just go carl anthony towns who's an underrated passer zach levine shabazz uh andrew wiggins and who am i missing in the starting lineup is that that was four out of five correct did you say towns um, wiggins towns wiggins baz levine and we need one more we need somebody else to play um i guess we can put kevin martin in there Oh, okay. um, or no, or Belitza. We could put Belitza in there. Yeah, yeah he's Belitza, been he's been really solid. Really yeah, Belitza actually would. I would rather see Belitza in the starting lineup um, at six ten over um, you know Tayshawn Prince and um, Kevin Garnett. Uh, Garnett. So yeah, let's roll out a different starting five and see if you can make some noise. Or what the Minnesota Timberwolves can actually do is just never go home. You know, that's possible too. Like, that's listen, true. you got a home game. Like, hey, dude, no problem. We're actually just going to show up to your guys' place. We've been on the road for a while. It's working out. So we're going to do that. Are you guys cool with that? And then, you know, then can keep winning because it's not happening at home. That's right. Um, we'll keep our, well, you know, we'll keep our eye on that situation for now. See if things shape out the way we want them to. In the meantime, Hassan Whiteside, triple double with blocks, baby. The best kind of triple doubles there are. 22 Monster. points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, only four rebounds. Not bad. Shot 10 of 14. I believe he was the... I could be wrong. I thought I saw somewhere that he was the only guy to get a triple-double with blocks and lose a game. Is that possible? I don't know. Don't take me for that. Anyways, anybody who invested in Hassan Whiteside is is paying off so far. Not only is he doing his thing on the blocking end and the rebounding end, but he is putting up points, people. 22 points led the team. How many shares did you take of Whiteside, Josh? Because I know I have zero, and I am so mad about it. Sad. I'm very disappointed right now, and I'm mad. Is yeah. what it is because the Sun White side is a baller of the highest degree. All right, the only thing that the only real hole in his game uh, right now um, is the, the free throw shooting. But aside from that, it's like it's it, you know and this is what I did too. I actually got pretty concerned about what he was going to do in terms of game flow and how many touches he was actually legitimately going to get because you saw what happened to him after he just started going. You know just ballerific through, through the middle of last season. And then he sort of just completely fell off and he was getting like 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And I'm like, what is happening here? Why is this guy? And he actually had mentioned that he was sort of getting a little bit worn down as the season progressed because he, you know, he never played this, right. Never played this level of minutes. Sure. So, um, uh, you know, and we saw like a, you would see him play 23 minutes and 12 minutes, 23 minutes, 27 minutes, 22 minutes in March. I'm just reading off different game logs there as well. And so I was just like, well, I don't know how much I can trust this guy. A lot of this production came when Bosch was out in the lineup. You know, Dwayne Wade's a year older. 
So he, ha- he has that going for him, but they signed Goran Dragic as well, who's going to need shots. So I just don't know if he's going to be the same quality of guy. And you had to basically pull him as, like, as a top th- 30 player in drafts. So I shied away, and now I regret it. Same here. He's averaging 15 points, 11, almost 12 rebounds, and four and a half blocks, half a steal. Man. Best, best center that. in the East? Can we say that? I think am I, am I, that we can probably say that. I mean, it's not Team of It's It's not going to be – I mean, I guess – Brooke Al, Lopez. I would Al, take Whiteside over Brooke Lopez. Al Horford uh, would be somebody that you would have to throw into the mix there. Sure. Why not? I mean, it's not surprising. The, the big question, and like you said, and we'll move on real quick, it's not that he would produce. We knew he would produce. It was just right. the minutes and as whether he would clean up his act and be able to stay on the, you know, stay on the team for the whole season – both of those things are happening, and it's it's basically best case scenario. And so when we were doing, uh, um, you know, profit loss, whatever you want to say, analysis on a white side, this is as good as we ever could have possibly imagined, and that's why we had no shares. Kudos to you who stuck with it and took the risky play. It is obviously paying off for you. Looking ahead, here we have. The New York Knicks, six and six, six and six, baby. 102. Porzingis. Porzingis, Porzinger. We're still, nickname is still in progress. I know the media, media hit him with some nicknames and he didn't like them all. And he suggested his own nicknames, which you cannot do. Um, You cannot create your own (laughs) nickname. So we're just going to kind of wait on it. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Anyways, the Knicks, 102, the Hornets, 94, Porzinger, or I, I should say, Kristaps Porzingis, the rookie from New York, who does not have a nickname quite yet. 29 points, 11 rebounds, a block, only two fouls. That's what I like a lot. He's not getting into foul trouble. Plus 20 on the plus or minus scale, only second to Aaron Aflalo, who is 22, plus 22. Oh, man. He, Porzingis is another guy I didn't have any shares in. And like you know, I don't take any shares of rookies at all except in dynasty formats. And so this is another guy that um, he could win some leagues out there for people because I'm assuming he went very late or or at least in the middle rounds in most drafts. Yeah. Um, the, the way I'm looking at this here is um, if you own him, congrats. Uh, this is the best shooting pro. This is the best game of his career. I mean, it's very young, but, you know, double-double nice. But the guy has been not shooting a good percentage overall. And, you know, at least he's sort of calmed down on the three-point shooting, just two of two. I, I, I've been calling for him to scale that back a little bit because when you're shooting, you know, what was he shooting? Like 26, is shooting 26% from three on the season. We know you're a deep shooter. We know you like that shot too, but you're also shooting 40% from the field. So your overall quality of shots needs to in, in, improve. Uh, the biggest thing that he does at a, at a nice level for his career right now is rebound at 8.6 per game so i like that i think i like that upside i like that the knicks are showing some feistiness and uh, more than anything else i applaud the knicks for doing what i think you should do with all your rookies with when you're heavily invested in the guy and you're not a, a championship level team is just play this guy a ton of minutes and figure out if he can be a part of your future or not how are you supposed to know if noah vonla if frank kaminsky if any other of uh, these guys who have been sitting on the bench are are ever going to be a legitimate you know part of your squad if you play them 12 minutes or less you know so at least kudos to the knicks for doing the right thing and and you know what he is he's the best power forward on that roster so congrats to them good they did the right thing and they're actually playing the best player which is not the case for a lot of teams 26.5 percent is what his three-point shooting percentage is after that two for two performance field goal percentage 40.7 83.8 for free throw percentage i tell you what though that's to be expected for all rookies. I don't care if you're a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, any position. It's going to be your shooting percentage is probably going to be worst when you're a rookie. And, um, you know, we have a good la- launching point here. Um, but he's impressing a lot of people, including me. I like to see it out there, especially in that New York media. MVP chants are obviously a bit premature and the definition of trolling. But I- I'm happy it's going this way, over-exaggerated exuberance, than already writing him off 10 games into this season. Looking at the Charlotte Hornets, like you said, Frank Kaminsky gets 24 minutes a game. Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Jeremy Lamb gets 23 minutes a game. Kaminsky only puts up two points, whereas Lamb puts up 12. We're still seeing you know, some solid minutes from Kaminsky and Lamb, but not really enough to vault them into a place where I'm really going to touch them in any of my leagues or even in daily formats. Although I love the upside on Kaminsky, and I've always loved the upside on Lamb. Um, do you think that maybe you should invest early in the hope that maybe these two guys could – 
work their way into the starting lineups at a, at a, a later date in the season, especially in head-to-head leagues when it only really matters to come playoff time? Yeah, you know what I think? Uh, I th- I think you you don't need to just wait for him to to be relevant because he is relevant right now off the bench. Which one, Lamb or Kaminsky? Sorry, Jer- uh, Jeremy Lamb. Don't invest in Frank Kaminsky because Charlotte doesn't know what to do with power forwards. Okay, Charlotte. Fair enough. Like we said, it is a graveyard for the for the for the power forwards. This is where power forward go, power forwards go to die. And you know if Frank Kaminsky somehow um, you know convinces that team that he should play more minutes uh, as a rookie, or I mean they drafted Cody Zeller in in a higher spot than they drafted Frank Kaminsky. So you just clearly tells you. And then before that, we've, we've gone over this, you know, time yeah. and ten, ten, time Bismack again. Biombo. Before that, Biombo and, you know, Kwame no Brown years, years before that. Yeah, well, no Vonley they traded for and then quickly – oh, no, wait a minute. Did they they draft him? I think they drafted him, didn't oh, play yeah. him much at all last season, right. dealt with some injuries, mm-hmm. and he's over at Portland now. Right, that's right. They drafted him and decided he didn't deserve a minute on the court. Exactly. So, uh, they have no clue what to do with that. How do you know? How do you know, Charlotte? Really? I mean, you've you've given him like in in practice, he's shown you everything you need to know that he needs to be off of your team. I mean, come on. I I, I but if that was just like specific to Noah Vonla and they had success or gave other people chances elsewhere, then I would be fine with the way Charlotte treats power forwards. But they don't. They never. You know, Cody Zeller. Um, was a guy that clearly should have been starting at power forward um, over Marvin Williams or whoever they were rolling out there, and they still decided to, um, you know, keep him off the bench. So yeah, it's I, I don't know what they're waiting for. It's like they're waiting for, um, you know, Robert Parrish or Bill Russell to show up or something like that and be like, oh god, we, now we got somebody. We'll actually play this guy. Uh, so yeah, Frank Kraminski, dynasty league only. Jeremy Lamb could work himself into the into the rotation, either you know by forcing his way the way with great play or just due to injury because he's been an absolute monster off the bench. So I don't think you need to do anything else but invest in Jeremy Lamb right now. All right, there it is. There's the dropping of the hammer from Josh. Now we've got two games left from last night's schedule, but before we do that, we've been talking about DraftKings, and of course, you too can be a part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. With daily fantasy, of course, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster, play whenever you want, pick a new team every time you play, challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM, or you can even square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. All you got to do is go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play for free. DraftKings, the official partner of ROTOWIRE. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS or ROTOWIRE at DraftKings.com. Looking back at the game action, we have the Denver Nuggets knock off the uh, just kind of the sad, sad, sad New Orleans Pelicans. 115-98. The biggest story of this game is that Anthony Davis Gives a block, gets hit in the shoulder, kind of shakes it off, but can't come back onto the court. He only plays six minutes. He's questionable to play um, in his next game, and I apologize for not knowing his next game. I will look it up while Josh talks about the implications of this New Orleans Pelicans team that really just cannot have their – they just cannot get right. There's too many injuries, and right now they're at a position where I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're just in too big of a hole in the Western Conference. Yeah, I just don't know if um, you know. It's never too early in the season to really write them off. Um, you know, in the spot here, we're only what eleven, twelve games in. But yeah, certainly not what they or we envisioned from a like win perspective or a fantasy fantasy perspective uh, overall. Now, let me ask you this: If you own any of the shares of the major players on this team, what do you do? What do you do? Because you don't have a lot of trade value right now, and um, you're not happy with the production level, so. I'm, I, you might just be stuck here. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Right, so that game is Wednesday, of course, um, for Anthony Davis. He is questionable for that. By the time most people are listening, I'm assuming you already know the outcome, whether or not he's going to play. And let me tell you, Josh, I do have – uh, I do have an investment in Tyreek Evans. He's he's one of those guys, um, I say it often, Tyreek Evans, Gordon Hayward, Rudy Gay. Um, those are my top three that I always try to target. They're always undervalued, but they help out across the box score. And so – I'm only doing that for head-to-head leagues, though, and so you have to make the distinction. Um, so Roto, in Roto Leagues, you're, you're getting crushed by that right now, by having these guys in your lineup and they're not producing, especially if you don't have an 82-game limit on, on the rotisserie. For head-to-head, I'm saying grab Tyreek Evans. That guy is going to get back on the court. He's going to put up massive numbers like he always does. He's good on assists, steals, rebounds, points, of course, three-pointers, whatever you need. 
He's going to be there for you. So I would not only do I have Tyreek Evans, I'm stashing him away. I'm actively trying to get him because, you know, as the season goes along, people forget about him. And then as the season keeps on going and, and he's not back, people just assume that, you know, they just they just forget. Tony Roten is another one of those guys that if I can grab him in head-to-head leagues, he will win me some leagues at the end of the season if they're playing, of course. But to, uh, those are two cases in particular where it makes sense just, just to hold on to them, just, just wait it out, just, just keep waiting. So you're um, basically talking about um, like Wilson Phillips is what you're saying because they, they got to hold on for one more day. This is what we're... Yes. Um, if I knew how to sing, I would sing that song for you. <laughs> But um, good, good call on the Wilson Phillips, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> if you own Anthony Davis right now, you have to change Hold your team name down. to Wilson. So yeah. There you go. Hold on for one more day. There you go. Fine duet. Um, want to quickly team? Let's let's have a little fun here for two seconds. Sure. Okay. Give me your best fancy team name. Quirky, not some you know uh, DJ swell team like the default Yahoo. What do you got for me? Uh, Bring it. King Joffrey, Laverne, and Shirley. Oh, that is so good. That is so good. You know what? I had a really good one, and I had to get rid of it because I I grabbed Mo Harkless on the speculation that he was going to pick up some serious minutes um, and just slide Amino over to the four, so he was going to get you know maybe be a thirty minute guy at small forward, Mm -hmm. and it didn't happen. But I was all set with how could you be Mo Harkless? Oh, (laughs) that's really good. I know, and I was so disappointed when I had to drop him. So now I own Noah Vaughn, trying to see if that's going to figure out. But yeah, I was all in on that yeah Joffrey Laverne and Shirley yeah so he just, good he's just coming at it from different generations different pop culture references I, I I like that one although in my longest running league I think I recently changed my name a few years back to uh Silence of the Lamb um back when um Jeremy Lamb was in OKC of course and so yeah. don't like Silence of the Lambs at all but I, I do love Jeremy Lamb and so I'm always going to keep tabs on him and and forever cry my eyes out that my favorite team let him go um, let's jump into the Nuggets here. Gallinari is doing things like we thought he could um, as long as he stays healthy. 32 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists. Great production. I've used him a lot in DraftKings competitions. Kenneth Reed is kind of up or down. 11 points, 7 rebounds, 1 block. That's not surprising for me in 26 minutes of action. Let's talk about Mr. Emmanuel Moutier. He has started to um, take care of the ball better. He only had 2 turnovers last night against the Pelicans. 12 points, 8 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. This guy's just going to keep getting better. He might end up Rookie of the Year. I know he's challenging Big Cat over there in Minnesota, but he he's doing great things there in Denver. Yeah, he is. So um, to to me, uh, I think it's Carl Anthony Towns, um, but I really think it's actually Jaleel Okafor one, Carl Anthony Towns two, and Moutier, M- M- Moutier uh, number three. No overall. question, those are the top three. Yes, for sure. And it's the, everybody else is running second fiddle. So um, Moutier is going to have to do a little bit better than than five fourteen. Um, and I don't know if he can personally because he's not a great shooter. Overall, maybe he'll um, perform well. But I wanted to say this: kudos to one of my favorite coaches in the league, uh, in uh, Mike Malone, who takes a team that this roster is not good. <laughs> there's a lot better. There's twenty something better rosters than um, Gary Harris at starting at shooting guard. You know, who actually had a game, a good game for the first time all season, and JJ Hickson starting at center, playing six minutes for some inexplicable reason, and you know, having like you know, you're depending on guys like Will Barton, who's actually been a baller. And, um, you know, Jameer Nelson, Randy Foyne off the bench. This, to me, I was, this team is devoid of some serious talent with the exception of Gallo, Moutier, on, and to a lesser extent, Kenneth Reed. And they the, they're have a winning record right now. Don't know if they'll continue. Don't expect it to last. But I have a lot of respect for Mike Malone and what he did in Sacramento, getting the best out of Cousins and getting him to, like, stop messing around and be a leader, you know, and which, you know, quickly dissipated as soon as they fired him for uh, uh, stupid reasons. So, you know, I, all I can say is thank goodness that, um, you know, the Kings ended up winning these last couple of games because with one more loss, I'm pretty sure, quite sure that George Carl would have got fired. It was that bad. And, you know, and we have, you know, one of the most tasty owners in sports and uh, Vivek, uh, Vivek Ranadive. So um, there you have that. You go ahead and get rid of a, a good coach and then Mike Malone lands in a good spot and he's doing the most with the least in, in, mind, in my mind never. So hats off to him. Lots of young talent. A team we don't often talk about in terms of where they're at, but uh, one of those young, sexy teams, throw them in there maybe with the Timberwolves um, in terms of 
having a bright future over the next few years. And obviously with a 6-5 and five record in the West, um, maybe exceeding expectations. It's hard to do with a rookie point guard. Final game of the night, the Golden State Warriors hold on for their 12th straight win of the season, 115-110 to 110 over the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are 7-5 and five after starting the season 5-0. and oh. They're 4-4 four and four away. No surprises here that the Warriors hang on. Typical stat line from the Warriors crew, so let's just focus on Toronto unless you have any prevailing thoughts. Um, Kyle Lowry, 28 points. DeMar Rosen, 28 points. Damari Carroll, 17 points. And then Jonas Valanciunas comes in with almost a double-double. Not quite. So pretty typical stuff there as well. Do you think Louis Scola can stay in the starting five for the entire season, or do you see Patrick Patterson or James Johnson edging him out at some point? Uh, well, you know, the problem with is that, okay, James Johnson, I want to say no, because he is he's big enough to play the four, but he's um, – He's and he's a very good defender for a three, but I think he has trouble against bigger fours. So and he's for the style of of game that he plays, he's just much more suited to you know to guard threes and use his athleticism rather than try to body up guys. Um, However, uh, you're overlooking his amount of tattoos, and you didn't really mention <laughs> that and how good of an NBA player that translates into uh, him being. Th- that is true, and you know, I also uh, tended to overlook his his waistline, which is sort of pushing him more into power forward territory too. <laughs> all right, all right, you know, you're throwing punches today, my friend. Hopefully, no, hopefully nobody listens to this podcast of importance, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Well, if they do, you can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. <laughs> Reply yes. to him directly because I have nothing to do or no control over what he says. Thank you very much. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, bring all the heat my way. That's totally fine. I'm sending all your comments, complaints, your fire. Uh, I'd love to hear it. You know, I'm I'm up for a joust. People want to joust with me with with Zach Levine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's do it, bro. All right, let's go. Um, you know what? I I I took like one and a half karate classes, like in fifth grade. Yes, sir. so I, I'm well prepared. Um, Sorry to step away, but yeah. So basically, you think school is someone that is it's just kind of cemented into that power forward role? Can we just puke on the whole entire power forward position for <laughs> Toronto? <laughs> what about Anthony Bennett? Let Let's give him some oh, run. Wait a minute, another fellow Canadian. Yes, let's. No, seriously, no one. Okay, Patrick Patterson is just not a great defender. He's he's um, a guy who likes to shoot his stretch three in the corner too much. He can hit it. It's it's a fair shot for him, but he wants to shoot it like he like they deserve to give like they should give him the ball every time in the corner. And what it does is it hurts the rebounding numbers because John Van Sunis is an is a nice defender. Uh, or I'm sorry, not a nice defender. He's not a good defender. He's a nice rebounder. He's not a great rebounder. He's not a you know gonna oh gonna lead the league. He's top ten in rebounds. No, so they need to pair him with another guy who can rebound. And Skull is not great at that. Skull has like a two inch vertical, and you know James Johnson to me is not a four. And Patrick Patterson is a guy who wants to shoot too much. So they have they don't have a good fit at power forward is what I'm trying to say. And they need to actually go out and trade for somebody. They would actually be better off figuring out what they can get for JJ Hickson in their lineup because he immediately would be the best power forward on that roster. All right, Josh, we did it. We made it through all the games. Um, so like we often do on on these Wednesdays, I'm going to throw out just some quick hitters to you. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, it's all the breaking news that you can see on Rotowire. So if you're familiar with Rotowire, um, you will see that I'm directly reading, in some cases, some of these injury updates. And of course, if you want access to these, you can have them. We have a free 10-day trial to Rotowire. Of course, Rotowire is a subscription-based website for the majority of the content on there. But if you'd like to check it out for yourself, go to rotowire.com forward slash pod. That's P-O-D. Check it out for yourself for 10 days. Josh, let's get it going. I'll just get a few sentence, few sentences of reaction here from you as we close it up here on this Wednesday. Let's start it off with Drew Holiday will be held out of Wednesday's game game against the thunder yeah um this may be an uptick in for dfs or for you know daily streaming for somebody like ish smith but for the most part i'm probably just going to avoid this matchup it's going to be very tough for me to feel confident about anybody outside of eric gordon or ryan anderson in this matchup on the on the new orleans side all right derrick rose who is unlikely to play wednesday has a good chance of returning friday which means that current Kirk Heinrich is expected to get the start Wednesday against Phoenix. That means that guys like Etwan Moore and Aaron Brooks will not be starting. 
uptick for Jimmy Butler, uptick for Pau Gasol. The rest of the guards, you don't really want to mess around with whether Aaron Brooks for streaming or for DFS or Kirk Heinrich overall. But Jimmy Butler is going to be a lock stock play. I think he um, gets revenge on Derrick Rose for stealing his haircut in the preseason. Yes, sir. And, yeah. yeah. I was going to talk about that, but we might have to save the. There's, uh, you know, a very similar haircuts, guys. Uh, maybe call yourself before you leave the house next time. <laughs> or, you know, what, what you should do is just, you know, settle it uh, like Game of Thrones style. You know what I mean? You joust, and whoever's last man standing gets to keep the haircut. King Joffrey, Laverne and Shirley. All right, so Kevin Durant has formally been ruled out of Wednesday's game against the Pelicans. No surprises there, but what are you looking at long-term for Mr. Durant? Um, you know, I, I actually, if if I was a team that was like struggling in my fantasy league, I would actually see what it's going to cost me to go buy low on Kevin Durant and see if he can solve some of your problems because he's a superstar that can do everything in every category and vault you to the top if he comes back healthy the rest of the season. So those are the sort of spots I'm I'm trying to gamble on guys like Harden and and buy low on on Durant for people who are down on that production and see if I can just sneak one past some of these guys if uh, I'm somewhere down in the bottom of the standings and I need to make a big splash to sort of get myself back in the race. Paul Pierce will start at small forward Thursday against the Warriors, which means, of course, Lance Stevenson, Josh Smith, Jamal Crawford, uh, Wesley Johnson will not move into that starting role. So Paul Pierce, how long do you think that'll last? I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but that was like my toilet just flushing. uh, Two toilet references on this pod. There we go. Right, so sometimes you got to go number two twice, you know, like you had some bad Taco Bell. Wow. And then I just felt like that happened. Just throw in Taco Bell, too. Why not? Let's just clown on just everybody. (laughs) I like Taco Bell. You know what I went? I went on like a two-week Taco Bell spree with their— Be careful here. Don't get fired, as Jalen Rose says. (laughs) No, but two-week Taco Bell spree with their steak quesadillas. And then it went to a point where I was like, this is almost like a diet because I'm using the bathroom so much that I'm losing weight. So um, that's sort of— Paul Whatever. Pierce. Let's stick to Paul Pierce. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Maybe I can't have you stick to Paul Pierce, apparently. Too much information. Sorry. Um, oversharing is, is a problem. Um, Paul Pierce, yeah. Um, I wouldn't play him anywhere. DFS, season long, Paul Pierce only, fam- friends and family leagues. The uh, only thing I really care about is whether or not um, Jamal Crawford gets significant run uh, in this matchup, and that way he would be a good streaming option or a good DFS option. Brandon Jelling, Brandon, Brandon Jellings, yeah, it's a new player. Have you heard of him? Brandon Jennings, who's coming back from that torn Achilles, participated in full court drills at Wednesday's practice. So I'm assuming that he'd come in off the bench behind, mm-hmm. um, you know, behind um, your boy out there, Reggie Jackson. Correct? Yep. Or is there yeah. going to be a little competition? No, no competition when Reggie Jackson gets paid. What, what did he get, 100 mil? A big time, he got big time cash, big 80 check. mil. Yeah, so you know that guy's cashing eight zeros right now. And I don't think that Brandon Jennings, to me, has to come off the injury, has to you know, work himself back into playing shape, has to figure out how to shoot above 40%, which he's never figured out in his career. So um, you know what they actually do? They do need some bench help uh, in terms of scoring with Jody Meeks down. So he could fit like, you know, very nicely into that role. I could see him, you know, um, be, being somebody who would be productive at, at that level. And that's what they need him to do right now. And it would actually be better for his, you know, short-term health this season since he's not hitting the round running. He has to sort of work himself back into playing shape. So I wouldn't mind actually seeing a little bit of, like, you know, two guard because I'm not really a big KCP uh, fan. And he's big enough to to play some two, Reggie Jackson, for the, um, I'm referring to. So maybe that happens in the second half. But short-term, I don't think you really need to be interested too much. All right, and I and I'll just add my two cents here. You wonder if maybe he plays uh, five to ten games, proves that he's healthy, and then he's a trade candidate. That's also in sure. um, in the works too. So I just have three more here for you, Josh. OJ Mayo, who's been dealing with that hamstring issue and has not played yet this season, is expected to make his debut Thursday against Cleveland. Yeah, Jason Kidd's never liked starting him, and he hasn't shown that he can be effective enough off the bench. So collective yawn. All right, fair enough. Uh, Chandler Parsons, um, hold your breath here as well, will receive a bump in his minutes restriction. Get this, from 20 to 23. Well, oh, wow. <laughs> like, Why don't is that even crazy? worth reporting. You know what don't I mean? Go crazy like, I just don't, any, I don't even understand it. 
Well, hold your horses, Rick Carla. Getting a little spicy here with the 23-minute upgrade on, on Chandler Parsons. You're just pissed off. You know, it, Well, actually, what you're doing is you're getting what you deserved as you drafted Chandler Parsons, unless you got a super deal on him because you knew he wasn't healthy. You knew he was, he basically had no offseason to to do anything but rehab and you know probably be a guy that may be worth something in the second half, but this might be a red shirt for him with this injury if it, if it continues to linger like this. Yeah, well, it looks like he, I mean, obviously the bump up is good, and you wonder in head-to-head leagues, guys like Wesley Matthews and Chandler Parsons um, yeah. could really work out well for you when uh, when it matters most at the end, like I've said a few times already in this podcast. All right, Josh, so our last bit of note, our last bit of news here is, is that Charlie Villanueva left the Mavericks on Wednesday to attend the birth of his second child, so he will miss a game. Now, I understand that you have a second child on the way, too, and I'm wondering, are you just going to drop out of this pod and not really warn me and not fulfill your duties as a Rotowire employee? Or It seems like a mirrored situation here, and I just need to check in with you um, (laughs) just to know where we stand here. Okay, well, here's the official update, all right? Um, My second daughter is due... On December 1st, which is a Tuesday, which would probably carry me into a no Wednesday show situation oh, for you. Okay. For you. So, right. But I have I have notified Derek Van Riper, our boss, director of media, rotowire.com, who um, you know helps us process the checks that get us paid for this fine, fine podcast and all our hard work. So um, he is on board. He understands. He said he'll get it covered. But um, you know what? Don't tempt me. Because I'll I'll have Whoa. like a laptop or something. I'll log on from the delivery room if I hear some craziness going down. You know, and I'm saying if I have to if I have to come back and defend, you know, Zach Levine's honor, or you know, talk about why why Paul Pierce should be owned nowhere, I might do it for five or ten minutes. I might just crash you guys on Skype, and so be prepared for that. Just just saying, okay. All right. Thank you so much for updating. Um, we will keep everyone posted because I know, um, you know, may, we need to create a player profile for you here on the RotoWire website and just uh, get some day to day updates. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. By the way, I'm, I'm happy for you. But uh, if you leave me without letting me know, then uh, you know there'll be consequences to pay. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for us here. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course, Nick Whalen and James Anderson will be on the Thursday podcast, and Ken Kreitz will not. Be be available Friday, which means I will be stepping in once again. Um, so I'll be hosting with Shannon McEwen, if you remember correctly. Last week, I stepped in for Shannon last week and hosted with Ken. I'm slowly but surely going to host with everybody on this week uh, weekly schedule. James Anderson, Benny Riccardi, I'm coming for you guys. But until then, I'll see you Friday. Uh, Josh will catch you Monday with Benny, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, enjoy your uh, Wednesday matchups, and we'll see you next time.